everyone, and welcome to Speaking of the Arts. I hope you are staying safe and healthy right now as we enter the second half of April 2020. This is really a tough time to be in the arts, and there is certainly a lot of unknown as to when live music will be allowed to function again. So given everything that's going on, I I really hope to offer something that I hope will be of value for everybody listening today who are who's wondering what opportunities are available to them right now. My guest is Bryce Rosenblum, who many of you may know from his work as producer and founder of the annual Winter Jazz Fest in New York City. Bryce has just launched what he is calling the Jazz Coalition Commission Fund, and here is the official description. A collective of industry professionals, musicians, and supporters The Jazz Coalition identifies global needs affecting the jazz and improvised music community and strategizes response, solutions, and opportunities. In this immediate reality of live performance hiatus, there is a need to keep artists in our jazz community active and compensated to create new work. United behind the goal to support deserving artists and boost overall morale, we are launching the Jazz Coalition Commission Fund. With an initial silent funding goal of 40 to 50,000, Deserving recipients will receive $1,000 microgrants through a nomination and jury process among coalition members. The funding pool will have a secondary stage with a public GoFundMe campaign and additional outreach to grow the fund and increase the number of overall recipients. Recipients will live stream their works in progress and will eventually premiere their music at partner venues when public assembly is safe and possible again. Coalition members support the commission financially by contributing to the fund directly and or by attracting new donors. Coalition members will participate in the nomination and juried selection process of recipients. Presenter coalition members will offer recipients opportunities to premiere the new works at their venues. My conversation with Bryce goes in-depth into the fund, and you will learn more about it, including how to participate or apply for a grant. Before we start the interview, I thought it would be worth reading Bryce's bio just to provide some background and context so you can better understand his own impact on the arts. I also want to mention that during the interview, you're going to hear additional background conversations. This is because Bryce's children, like everyone else's right now, are having to do classes and online learning from home. So here's Bryce's bio. Presenting an eclectic mix of concerts and festivals for over 20 years in New York City, Bryce Rosenblum is proud to utilize his extensive booking experience and resources toward live music projects that align with messages of progress and social justice. For over a decade, Bryce led the programming team as senior music director at the West Village music venue La Poison Rouge, where he presented the likes of Andrew Bird, Anthony Braxton, Beck, Brad Meldow, David Byrne, Erica Badu, Esperanza Spaulding, Flying Lotus, Kamasi Washington, Lou Reed, Michelle Indigliocello, Mose Def, Mumford & Sons, Nora Jones, and many more. Prior to LPR, Rosenblum launched and is currently running the New York City Winter Jazz Fest. Now in its 16th year, it is praised by the New York Times as the city's most renowned jazz festival. From its early years at the Knitting Factory in Tribeca, Winter Jazz Fest has grown into a 10-day, multi-venue, citywide festival that featured over 700 musicians, 170 groups, and welcomed more than 18,000 attendees in January 2020. Recognized for its threefold mission of supporting new artists, continually expanding audiences, and amplifying messages of social justice, Winter Jazz Fest redeems jazz as a musical beacon, 
towards progress both on and off the stage. Along the same theme of aligning music with justice, Bryce recently programmed and produced the Emerge Music Plus Impact Conference in Las Vegas. Presenting over 50 bands, speakers, artists, and film pieces, Emerge inspired and engaged audiences around themes of protest, identity, sex, and wellness. Bryce continues to present events, festivals, and installations in venues around New York City, including the King's Theater, the Beacon Theater, the Knockdown Center, the Town Hall, the Apollo Theater, Webster Hall, Brooklyn Steel, and many more. Bryce's early programming aesthetic was developed while working at Jazz at Lincoln Center, 92nd Street Y, The Knitting Factory, Central Park Summer Stage, and Macor, where he presented a residency featuring Nora Jones just before her Grammy takeover. In 2016, Rosenblum received the Bruce Lundeval Visionary Award for Extraordinary Leadership and Vision in Expanding the Audience of Jazz. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Bryce. Bryce, thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. My pleasure to be here. Yes. Well, uh, I'm going to kind of let you take the reins here and describe to everybody what the Jazz Coalition Commission Fund is. Maybe tell people, you know, how this came about, um, who it's intended to benefit, how people can participate, and let's just use that as a launching point for our conversation. Does that sound right? That's great. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, sure, sure. Certainly, um, these are really precarious um, times we're living in. And, um, you know, there's a tremendous amount of need uh, all over the all over the board um, in all parts of society. And um, you know, what I've learned in recent years, um, producing and working on Winter Jazz Fest and other productions, is that it's it's so valuable to uh, to think about the community at our fingertips. Um, so for me, that's, that's the jazz community, um, my colleagues, um, the artists that we depend on so much that we value and cherish, um, and, and everyone, you know, in the surrounding, um, um, in the surrounding support areas uh, of the industry. Um, so, you know, with this, this real global need that we're seeing, I felt, you know, it's important to, um, do what I can with the skill set and the contacts and resources I have um, to help uh, in whatever way. And uh, in talking with a couple of colleagues um, at the time, this was a couple of weeks ago, there, at that time there wasn't, um, uh, or we didn't notice there uh, being much um, global uh, or, or within the jazz industry any sort of relief effort. Uh, that would have been announced. There's been a few projects and foundations that have stepped up um, uh, in recent days, which is fantastic. Um, but what we realized we wanted to do is, is create an organization that brings together the community, you know, really unites the broad jazz community, inclusive of musicians and agents and managers and presenters like myself, um, uh, and then also, you know, some of the support entities like radio and journalists and photographers. Um, so we're, we've, we're creating Jazz Coalition. Uh, the website, jazzcoalition.org, uh, will have the information. And the primary or immediate objective is to launch this fund, uh, which is a commission fund. So rather than being a relief um, entity, uh, which is vastly needed, of course, uh, what we wanted to do is create um, a scenario where we're giving an artist the 
create new work. So commissioning them, commissioning them uh, to create something that uh, can be eventually uh, premiered uh, when we're all able to assemble again at partner venues. Uh, and in the meantime, before that happens, we're going to ask artists to stream works in progress, uh, share that to both uh, engage the audience and to spread the word about what we're doing. Uh, so currently, um, myself and several colleagues like um, uh, Danny Melnick and uh, Gail Boyd and Janice uh, Burley-Wilson, we're uh, building a coalition, reaching out to colleagues. Um, right now, we have over 50 uh, colleagues that have committed um, to become coalition members, and we're reaching out to several hundred more in the coming days. Uh, and the response has been tremendously positive, um, both uh, or all three on three tiers. Um, you know, building the collective coalition, uh, with the, and then secondly, with the mission of commissioning new artists, creating new work, and thirdly, uh, just the the ripple effect idea of building positive morale uh, within the jazz community. Well, I got to say, I I think this is a really brilliant idea for a couple of reasons, and. And obviously, as a booking agent, the thing that really piqued my interest was um, reading about the idea that venues can partner, that uh, can be supportive of this by actually having the opportunity to premiere the new work live when we're all able to be in person again. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, you didn't just limit this to raising money to uh, create resources for artists to create new works. It's a multi, multi-tier sort of um, uh, engagement or like enterprise, if you will. So I think that's really smart, and I'm, you know, I want to do whatever I can to help get the word out about this, especially to presenters, because a lot of conversations I've had the past few weeks with presenters have been sort of along the lines, you know, asking the question, okay, well, what can we do now if we can't do um, music at the venue? And one of the things that's been of interest is trying to create ways where artists can create exclusive content for the venue. But this this takes it to a whole other level. And I think as people find out about this, they're definitely going to be excited to do it. I mean, it it just makes so much sense to me. Have you had some early success with other presenters being on board? Yeah, essentially almost every, every presenter I've reached out to has uh, uh, responded positively. They want to contribute in some way, whether it's, you know, financially or resources, um, most everyone's, you know, thrilled to share uh, the mission. Uh, and the way we see it is really happening in three stages. One is the internal um, uh, support effort, so raising funds from uh, coalition members, again, which is inclusive of presenters, agents, managers, artists, um, you know, other stakeholders in the jazz industry. Um, so we'll have a, a pool of money, um, and then we will – uh, have a nomination process. So coalition members will nominate recipients, um, mostly jazz musicians, but uh, it was suggested that we also open up the pool of nominations to journalists, photographers, other creative types, and I'm certainly open to that. Um, we want to, we want to again, support um, as, as broadly um, uh, a representation of, of who uh, we rely on um, to do our job. Uh, to celebrate in the jazz community. Um, and then there will be a jury selection process where we select the recipients uh, in that first phase. 
second phase is going to be um, opening up the the uh, financial support to a broader community, uh, so to fans, uh, to other stakeholders, and we're going to have a GoFundMe campaign. We'll do some uh, streaming shows that that are intended to raise money, um, and hopefully that'll increase the pool of funding, so we'll be able to do a second round of recipients. Uh, and then thirdly, we're planning on doing um, an event, so uh, a live stream or type uh, event where we we engage with artists performing uh, all over the world, uh, partnering with the presenters that are you know um, that are tied in uh, to the coalition, and we can create uh, essentially a show. Uh, we're going to determine if it's going to be a subscription or paywall, or if it's just going to be open and free, and, and you know encourage people to donate. Uh, but that'll be a, the third step of um, you know raising contributions. Uh, and then you know at the end of the day, uh, we will have this pool of uh, committed coalition members where we can that we can engage with uh, for future needs um, that that may affect the, the community beyond this epidemic. Um, so you know we really see this as uh, uh, impetus for for jumpstarting um, uh, a, a wonderful initiative uh, that unites the community. Are the funds limited to the actual creation of a new work of music, or are they, if I'm an artist, am I eligible to use the funds for other needs, such as touring or whatever, or recording or anything else? Uh, it's really, really geared towards commissioning new works. Um, so, um, you know, the, the, the thought is here, we, we want in this time um, to, to be uh, – Spark and impetus for um, uh, creation of new works in this time, and um, the end result where we're imagining, you know, like I said, you know, being presented in, in partner venues, but you know, it could also take the form of uh, a, a tour or an album um, or uh, a series that that can be presented, you know, with multiple artists. Um, you know, as I'm the presenter of Winter Jazz Fest. I'm also considering, you know, we have um, in what, you know, whatever iteration of Winter Chance says we're able to do in January, but we could have a, a stage or a channel that includes uh, commissioned artists. You know, as far as um, the other financial needs of artists, you know, we fully understand those are there, um, but uh, I, I, we believe that there's there are other relief opportunities um, to support artists in those ways. Is there? Um I'm just thinking, so right now it's hard, It's well, it's pretty much impossible for artists to get together and perform uh, or record um, until these bands are lifted, although some certainly are still doing that. Um, I guess my question is, do you need to have the new work recorded, or how does that work for the artist in order to get the uh, funds? Right, so we're still determining that it's probably going to be on a case-by-case -case basis, uh, depending on what uh, capabilities the artists have, um, you know, whether they do have the ability to do um, a, a collaborative work with uh, fellow musicians or if uh, it's going to be more solo or do a you know, small ensemble base. Um, that's really going to be on a case-by-case -case basis, but we're going to be um, – you know, we're going we're gonna to have to sift through uh, the nominations and, and determine the best way forward. Uh, collectively, um, uh, yeah, I think that's that's something we haven't haven't 
fully tackled, but it, that's a something we you know, we realize uh, is an important step. It seems like there's just an endless amount of opportunity with this. Uh, once you get a handful of artists who have gone through the process and have produced new works, um, you mentioned that you know there could be tours from it, there could be sort of a, a, a new series um, for it. Um, I mean, I, I could almost envision also once you've opened this up for fans to support the fund, maybe a way for fans to vote for their favorite work. Um, it just seems like there's so many possibilities there. I really, you know, the more I think about this, the more I think you've stumbled on something big that's that's really needed right now. So congratulations Thank you. on no, that. Thank you. Thank you. And I appreciate your, your support on it um, and ideas. Uh, yeah, that's the other, uh, just in, in terms of the, the culture of this, uh, we want it to be, uh, a collective, uh, people sharing and helping us develop this together. Um, but specifically to your, to your point of, um, you know, voting on commissions, that's something uh, a colleague suggested as well. Uh, we're still toying with the idea, but uh, we, we do want um, to have the commissions in some way available, you know, the end result available uh, through the site. Um, it could be streamed, could be archived. Uh, so that, that's something we're, we're definitely thinking about as well. Well, that's really cool. Um, what else should I know about this if I'm interested in participating? You already mentioned the website. Um, what haven't we covered about it? I'm just thinking yeah, about it here. Yeah, on the website, I mean, I'll just explain a little bit further. Um, on the site, there's a, there's a portal or a page, uh, coalition. So if you are a presenter, if you're a member of the industry, if you're an agent, a manager, uh, an artist who wants to be a voting coalition member, um, there'll be a minimum contribution of, uh, requirement of $100. Um, and again, that gives you the opportunity to nominate. Uh, and then we will have a, a pool of the coalition member who acts as a jury, um, or who, who helps with the jury selection process. Um, in addition to contributing as a coalition member, uh, fans or other people who just want to support uh, there'll be a donate button, of course, um, so anyone who wants to support can donate that way. Um, but, you know, I think uh, it's a work in progress, so there'll, hopefully there'll be other features uh, and opportunities. Um, a coalition member suggested that we have a a, uh, a live page on the site, so anyone who is doing um, performances from their living rooms um, or wants, you know, wants to stream a remote performance, uh, we could set that up on that page and uh, promote it through our all of our uh, socials and messaging channels. That's really great. Have you um, had any contact with certain artists? I mean, you don't have to mention names, but I'm I'm going to assume that if you have, they're probably really excited about this prospect. Yeah, I've mentioned a few artists. Uh, yeah, like you know, like you said, there people are excited. Um, one of the stipulations that um, we're uh, we're examining or we're considering in terms of selecting artists um, who are nominated or even to help direct the nomination process. You know, we want to support the artists in need. Um, so, uh, a musician who is on, you know, paid faculty um, at a prominent university, or an artist who's recently received a um, a, a deserved. Um, uh, grants um, uh, from a foundation, um, 
you know, they may not be top on our list of people we feel are in ultimate need. It's it's really the touring musicians, mid-level, maybe lower-level, maybe side side players um, who don't have that other source of income um, that we want to support um, and support their creative process and give them morale and, um, you know, uh, uh, inspiration uh, to contribute and create and to you know, continue through their day. And, of course, we recognize um, the, the grant size we're looking at is is uh, going to probably start at $1,000, and even $1,000, it's it's not going to save their lives, but it's it's going to be something that we hope will get them through the day and and um, inspire them you know, to create. And uh, you know, overall, we hope the ripples will will be a, a motivation and a morale boost for the entire community. I'm sure it will, for sure. I was thinking just sort of a, a departure from the topic of the fund, because um, I'm curious to hear from you as a presenter. Obviously, Winter Jazz Fest doesn't happen for a little bit until January, and we're having this conversation in April. But what is your sense of, um, if any, of, of sort of like the confidence, if you will, of of concert goers maybe by this fall? I've had a handful of conversations over the past few weeks with presenters who who would typically program in the summer and the fall, and uh, everybody's canceling summer events right now, and now fall events are being pushed back. But one of the things that keeps coming up is we just don't know how people are going to react once the all-clear signal happens. Um, yeah. You know, it's sort of an open-ended topic, but I'm, I'm more just curious to hear your thoughts on that. And yeah, yeah, if you've had any discussions – yeah, with other presenters, what you guys are thinking. Sure. I, I had a call yesterday with the North American Presenters Group. Uh, there were 50 of us uh, presenters from all over the country and, and Canada. Um, and, you know, the conversation we had yesterday, um, well, the point is it would have been very different had we had the conversation a week ago. And I imagine a week from now it would it will be different than the conversation we had yesterday. You know, there's new developing information every week. Um and you may have seen this week that uh, the mayor of New Orleans um, issued a statement that large concerts will not happen this year. De Blasio, mayor of New York, said yesterday that large concerts in New York will be the one of the last uh, things um, uh, that he will allow. Uh, so, you know, definitely um, some intimidating or, or informative uh declarations uh, that are coming out. Uh, and also, there was a Consequence of Sound article this week that said uh, some health official advised that um, large events, you know, they're talking about concerts and sporting events, uh, other ga- gatherings and festivals, don't happen until um, well into 2021. Um, so, you know, a week ago, my thought was, yeah, we're going to tackle the fall. Of course, we're, we're being mindful of, and uh, I was in conversations with other presenters and festival directors, um, you know, people eyeing the fall at the time. But you saw already, you know, uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest had pushed to the fall, but this week they announced they're fully canceling. I imagine Coachella is going to do the same. Uh, Burning Man, uh, you know, which attracts 80,000 people in the desert, uh, canceled uh, entirely. That happens at the end of August. Um so, yeah, right now I am looking at shows that I've moved to the fall. I'm consider-
considering what we're going to do with Winter Jazz Fest. Um, we have Gregory Porter playing the King's Theater on October 3rd, uh, which we're going to have to explore, you know, what we're going to do there. Um, for Winter Jazz Fest, uh, really just the last couple of days I've been uh, considering what is the best option, uh, or, or at least to brainstorm and research what it would look like to do this uh, virtually in some way. Um, which, in a lot of ways, lends, I'm uh, realizing, lends uh, itself to many opportunities because we don't, we're not um, constrained by a physical space and we can really open up the audience globally um, and still, you know, provide a multi-stage, multi-night experience. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of research I need to do and figure out the best way forward and figure out if it's something we try to monetize or if it's something we keep it open and free and, and uh, encourage people to donate. Um, my thought and my hope is with anything I'm presenting that there be a, uh, uh, just to step back to the coalition, uh, the Jazz Coalition, that there be, um, a percentage of, uh, any financial gain goes to the coalition. And I'm going to encourage um, other presenters to do the same. Uh, one of your colleagues, an agent I spoke to this week, uh, said he's planning on a uh, festival next month with his artists. Uh, it's going to be donation-based, and he's committed a percentage of of, uh, of, um, of earned revenue to uh, the coalition already. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, you know, anyway, a whole mountain full of uh, – questions and, and thoughts moving forward. Um, yeah. But I, it is yeah, really I hard. say that, yeah, sorry, just to finish, I no, will no, say no. that, that, um, that unknown and that, that idea of anxiety when, when things are really lifted, that is, uh, definitely a, a tenuous question. Um, and more than that, um, I believe this is something that we touched on in, uh, my industry call yesterday. You know, there are probably going to be whole uh, bevy of new restrictions um, in terms of allowing people to assemble again. There may be uh, testing at the door or, um, you know, health papers or additional security measures, uh, additional cleanliness measures, of course. Um, uh, I was talking to a group who is, who is coming with the idea of uh, – of a drive-in experience, you know, which makes sense. You know, people can isolate. You can, you could have a movie or a, a concert uh, set up at the very front. It could be set up in a parking lot. But when you get down to the, the details of making something like that happen, you still need to assemble a certain crew together to build it. You have to have a certain staff together to monitor, you know, entry. And then the real kicker is how do you how do you deal with um, how do you deal with bathrooms? Yeah, <laughs> um, that that's probably the one uh, prohibiting factor uh, in a situation like that. And do you have a sense of what? Just to go back to what you were saying a little bit earlier um, about a, uh, no concerts for the rest of the year uh, for a certain size. Do you do you have a sense of what size concerts those those mayors were talking about? As far um, as capacity, I haven't seen anything. No, I haven't seen anything um, at this point specified in terms of numbers. Um, if it's if it has anything to do with how we were scaling down in the very beginning uh, a month ago, just over a month ago, um, you know, the most cities scaled down to 
venues that were 500 capacity or less had to limit their capacity by half. So in that regard, you're looking at 250 people inside a you know, 500 capacity venue. If we're going to do it in a tiered way where we're scaling up, you know, maybe that's a benchmark. Um, but uh, I think I think there there just needs to be more known about um, the spread and you know certainly the six feet rule. Some of the presenters I was speaking to yesterday were were doing the calculations in their concert halls uh, and venues. If they put seats out in venues or if they um, if they close rows and you know limit seat distance or create seat distance uh, in their concert halls, you know what do their new capacities look like? And you know it, it drastically alters their their revenue model, um, uh, but you know it's it's uh, important I think for us to go through those exercises and doing those calculations at least to explore what the possibilities are. Um, you know another thought as things are listed in a tiered way, I imagine that you know they'll they'll allow congregation of 10 or 20 people at a given time. So you could do, you could open up venues, uh, at least have um, bands on stage and then streaming from a, a you know, physical performance space. Um, actually, speaking of, I don't know if you saw the Jazz in the Contender Gala the other night. I, you know what? I saw it advertised, but I did not see it. Okay. One of the, one of the scenes, they were basically bouncing around between, you know, different cities, different artists. Um, uh, and uh, there was uh, a clip of uh, Igor Butman with his band. I believe it was in Moscow. Um, and, uh, you know, but it's a full band on stage. Uh, so, you know, of course, different people are interpreting or, or restricting in different ways. Um, mm -hmm. But that certainly wouldn't, wouldn't be uh, condoned over here. Uh, you know, that large of a band yeah. on stage together. Um, right. Right. It's, um, you know, it's tricky. And just to, to your point about sort of people's confidence level, I mean, there's going to be a, a period where it's going to be, people are going to have to be willing to take a risk or, or not, you know, even with safety protocols and everything. But I was talking to a presenter the other week and I was trying to think about any time um, you know, in our in our recent history where we had a similar situation and we really haven't other than the first thing that came to mind to me was in 20, was it 2013 or 14, the Paris shooting at the nightclub. And yeah. I remember when that happened, uh, going to see a show the following week here in Boston and being extremely, like, apprehensive and standing very close to the exit sign <laughs> and um, obviously that changed my, my concert experience because I was very just hypersensitive and aware of, of sort of the, you know, the crowd. Um, yeah, I, and, I recall that. And I, yeah, and I think a lot of people went through that for sure. And then so after that and subsequent horrible shootings um, that took place in concerts as well, now it's pretty common to go through a metal detector or some type of a wand or at least a pat-down before you enter the, the venue. And that wasn't the case before all that, for sure. So it, it's, I guess, the it's impossible to predict what will happen as far as uh, protocol, but I think we can assume it, it will be very different in some respects. Yeah, I agree. We um, just don't know. 
Yeah, uh, Governor Cuomo said the other day um, when a, I think it was his daughter or a relative asked him, you know, when are things going to get back to normal? And his response was, they're never going to be back to what was normal. What we're doing is, is creating a new normal um, uh, based on what is safe, based on what uh, uh, is responsible. Yep. Yeah, I guess there's one more thought about um, events for the fall. I'm very, very curious to see how the NFL re- reacts to this if they're told they can't uh, have their season. <laughs> yeah, or even baseball I, right now. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, any any major sport. Yeah, right. You know, um, I, I know it's been floated. You know, the idea of of having teams play, you know, without fans in the stands. Um, yeah. Which makes sense, but you know, then you, you think about the amount of staff it takes to field these teams, especially a baseball or a football team. You know, they have right. hundreds of people, you know, on you know, on the sidelines plus, you know, uh the offices and back of house that support those teams. Um so I don't know. Uh, you know, restrictions would have to be lifted um pretty substantially for the, for that to happen. Um, right. But, you know, I mean, if you, if you really look at the, the larger global perspective and, and think about the, the overall economy, there's, um, there's just lots of unknowns and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty likely, you know, we're, we're going to be entering into a recession, if not a, a depression, um, globally, you know, think about countries that are less fortunate than us and what they're going right. to deal with and how that's going to affect the global economy. Um, uh, it's, it's definitely, Definitely scary, and that's you know the hope is that you know with art and with music we can you know make keep things sane and and uh fulfilling and rich um you know keep the human spirit uh winning these these little battles absolutely, yeah, and just to sort of hit it home um just to bring it back to the Commission Fund, can you say I'll, – I'll post a link to the website when it's ready, but can you just tell everybody the name of it one more time so people can point their browsers? Great. Uh, Jazz Coalition, uh, jazzcoalition.org, uh, yep. and that's where all the information will be about the Commission Fund uh, and how you can become a coalition member or how you can just support the initiative. Um, and there will be other resources uh, on the site as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much, Bryce. I I appreciate your time today, and I I look forward to um, seeing how this grows. I think it's a great idea. Right on. Uh, All the best. Can't wait to see you in person and enjoy, uh, enjoy your show together. Likewise. Yeah. Take care.